Pressing On is a podcast where we will look into truths for guys as we live on this journey in life. Every month, we'll be bringing you real conversations that will help us discover God's direction for daily life as we press on together. I'm your host, Scott Lessing, former sports medicine athletic trainer and now men's pastor. Well, guys, welcome to podcast number two. And again, uh, I'm Scott Lessing. We have Chris Meekins. Hello. And Jordy Vickery. Hey. And today, we're going to be talking about, you know, with all the things that are happening today, isolation due to COVID, the racial tension, political divide, I think Christians just being frustrated with not being able to meet, uh, the fear of contacting the virus for some people, financial insecurity. How do we reset? It's crazy. It, right? I mean, way more than ever before. But how do we reset and renew our walk with God and, and begin living more like Him on a daily basis? That's what we're going to be talking about today. You know, in a way, I could say that we've been exiled from what we used to know, okay. from the way that we, what, what we knew as normal. Hmm. We've been exiled from that, hmm. of how it used to be. It's really a term now that we can say, the way that it used to be, and that was only five months ago. Yeah, right? for sure. I think it's it's the loss of an idol in a way too, right? Like mm. just normalcy, comfort. Some guys are losing their minds. I, w- I would think that if right? you were a total sports freak, this would be horrible. Ho- like horrible. Yeah. Um, it's been five months. Um, all of our routines have changed. They've shifted. They've been erased. It makes, cha- makes it challenging to maintain harmony and to keep our habits. So your routine's been changed. Okay. And now you, you no longer have this habit. The things that you used to do, just because your routine has been changed, you're not even doing, like your eating habits are gone, they're out the window, or, you know, the, you, I don't know, things you used to, you know, have a cup of coffee in the morning with your wife, whatever. It's gone, potentially. Now, this is the question. Could you imagine what it would be like if we've been exiled for more than 66 years? Hmm. So we're talking five months right. out of our routine. What would it be like if it was, how old are you, Chris? 63. So, right? Your whole life. Your whole life. I would be like someone uh, leaving Egypt, being born. Right. You know, and then going into the promised land. You knew nothing other than exile. And so that's really what I want to talk about today. Okay. Uh, the book of Haggai. Okay. I was on vacation. New Testament, and Old Testament? Old Testament. Okay. I was on vacation with our friends. And my friend Charlie said, man, the book of Haggai, I want you to read this one little section. Well, I read the whole book. It was only two chapters, and it kind of blew my mind. The, the book was written to capture this prophet. It was talking to, to Judah, the whole nation, and they were, they were returning to their homeland for the first time in 66 years. And the, the Persian king invited them to come back to their land, and then this is what happened. They arrived, and they determined the first thing that they would do was to build the altar of the temple. So they build the altar so that they can sacrifice to God, and now they're starting to build the temple. And the temple is where they would worship, they would gather, they would connect, but it was also where God would reside. It was the presence of God. And they begin to build this new temple, and the new inhabitants, the, the people who have been living there now for 66 years, they see the people from Judah come in, and they're like, who are you guys? Why are you, what are you doing? You're building it, like, they're building a temple that's going to be permanent. You're going to be living here forever? And they start to intimidate the Israelites, and they say, what the heck, get, you know, no, 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 you can't do that. So the Israelites stop building the temple. So they build the altar to make sacrifices, but they don't finish building the whole temple. 
And this is where Haggai steps in and he challenges them. And he said, and he, what he's saying is that Judah needs to reset and they need to renew their walk with the Lord and begin living more like God. Don't stop rebuilding the temple. I'm going to challenge you to keep building the temple. I want you to reset and renew your walk with the Lord. So this is the question I have for you guys. First of all, were their priorities correct? And this is main, mainly, eh, I don't know if, it's, if we can really wrestle with this, but we're going to because it's just fun to wrestle with some things. What we have Jordy for. And Jordy will set us straight. Uh-oh. Jordy. <laughs> did you wrestle in high school? I did. I bet you. Did you really? Yeah. I didn't know that what about weight you. What weight class? Oh, I was I was a shrimp. I wrestled. Like the highest I ever wrestled was 135. Gosh, I weighed 135 in seventh grade. <laughs> Did you? In eighth grade, I wrestled ni- the 98-pound weight class. Are you serious? Okay, let's see if you can wrestle a head guy. <laughs> <laughs> so wh- were their priorities correct or were they incorrect? They, they, they built the, the altar first. You know, that's where you sacrifice for God over building the presence of God, where, where God would come and be present. Yeah. Is it fair to, to question that, Jordy? I'm not, I'm not totally sure because I, I mean, pre-Jesus dying on the cross, pre-atonement, like, the, the, you know, there's the era of sacrifice. And so I'm not sure they could have really entered the temple or entered a place to approach God without the altar. So I understand it. But what I don't think reconciles well is just stopping in general, like, they started the altar. It's like they almost like they ran out of steam, you know, or like you said, got discouraged. And I think that's where their mistake lies, and really where Haggai takes offense to. Yeah, and so so they they're making sacrifices and they're starting to to do right. They're building, but they're building so that they can be in the presence of the living God. And then they they just they stop. And and what. What's happening is Haggai's coming in and he's saying, no, no, you need to finish what you started. They got distracted and they didn't create space for God's presence. And, and I, I, it made me start to wonder, like, what caused their distraction? Because we are in a world right now full of distractions, right? And at least for, I'll say for me as a, as a guy, I, okay, I'm watching church on Sunday morning and I find myself watching the squirrels, totally distracted by the squirrels in my front yard and not watching. Are you guys distracted on Sunday morning watching church? You're describing my whole life. I just want to... <laughs> Squirrel? <laughs> what? Butterfly? I think that's like a dog and like an animated like you've secret life me, of pets. You've watched me at church and he's text me at church. He's like, dude, you look like you're dying down there. I have. I'm totally I, no, distracted. I think, I think it's it's harder right now because yeah. you're, you're watching a flat piece of plastic. Yeah. So so taking it back to the Israelites back then with with Haggai, the, the distractions that they were going through, you know, these guys yelling at them essentially saying, "You're not welcomed here. What the heck? Get out of here!" And so they stopped building the temple. They were distracted, and it caused them not to build the building that was made for God to come and be present. Yeah. And I think, too, it's funny, like, the questions that Haggai used, it's like your mom talking to you when you're in timeout, right? (laughs) Like, I think, like, verse 4, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while the house remains a ruin? Like, it's like, you know, should (laughs) you be doing this when your room's not clean? Like, it's like, but I think think God really shot, shot for the heart of the issue in his question, though. He said, is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses 
while this house, aka the temple, remains a ruin. And it was panel, meaning very nice. I know one of our practice sessions, I was late because I was buying doors for my house. And I was like, <laughs> am, and then I read this verse and I'm like, am I this building my paneled house instead of <laughs> building totally the kingdom? prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> is this for me? Is this an intervention? Well, I, I also think that, um, you know, it, it's in life, you, you go along and, you know, it's that old thing, uh, finish well. Mm-hmm. You know, start what you finish. You know, this is, this is what real men do. You know, we finish. And, but the, the reality is, is when you've got people coming in at you, people coming at you every side, well, did you wear your mask? Did you not wear your mask? Did you, did you uh, brush your teeth? Whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got people coming at you from every angle. Are you racist? Are you not racist? Are you privileged? Are you not privileged? You, I mean, it's coming at every side. Yeah. You, I think what happens is you shut down. And, and I, I think there's been days where in my life where I'm just like, okay, that's it. I, I can't do it. Yep. Today. And, and whether it's intimidation or I'm unwilling to engage whatever the topic is. Go to our nothing box. Remember that guy yeah. that I talked about? Yeah, Mark yeah. Unger. I can't do it. My wife will go, okay, all right, open up the door. What's going on? They're just taking it from every side. And they're like, listen, I can't deal with it. I right, so I'm just going to go build my, my own temple. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Build my house. Right. And, and what ends up happening is I, I think for us, I'll speak for me, I then can be unwilling to continue doing a lot of things, not just one thing, right? Whether it's, you know, waiting to relaunch church or listening and, and learning before I make a judgment about somebody. Sometimes I can just make a judgment before I, I take time to listen to what they're saying and learn more about them. Um, or the racial justice thing going on right now in our world, like some people are totally either unwilling or intimidated because they don't know what to say or they're afraid to say the wrong thing. So they don't say anything. And then it looks like they're just, they've disengaged when maybe they haven't, they just don't know. I mean, there's so many things going on in our world today that that we end up pulling back and disengaging. But then we end up doing that in so many areas, including with God, right? Now, now I've talked to so many guys who are like, man, I haven't watched church in 10 weeks. I would say that like 90% of the guys that I've talked to are not engaging. What is that like with the high school or junior high kids? Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. Like I think it, you really start to see like who's learned to like feed themselves, right? You know, like who's learned to really shepherd their own walk with Christ a little bit and who's really still in that dependent stage which you can't judge everyone for that. Sometimes they're new believers or, you know, some people, they've been believers for a long time. And this hopefully is a wake-up call, you know, to say, hey, like, you got to learn to really, really watch what, like, you put into your life and don't put into your life and just your own practices to connect with the Lord. But I think think we're really seeing a lot of both sides. Ironically, like, if someone's pulled out right now, you know, it's, I don't think we'll truly know how bad it is until we're back. I'll say that. Yeah. Do you think this could be just a um, spiritual warfare? They oh, were in, they were in, they, it was a, you know, here we are b- rebuilding the temple and the altar. You don't think the devil was pushing on them? Oh, for sure. I, I think there's a big part of that that was spiritual warfare. Um, but it doesn't mean that you disengage, right? It doesn't mean, and that's really what Haggai is, is the purpose of Haggai here was to challenge Israel and to confront their spiritual indifferences. That, that was the big purpose for, for Haggai. He, he was there to renew their, their spiritual commitment. 
for, for the purpose of, of living in God's blessing as they were preparing for the Messiah to come. That, that's, that's what it was back then. And so my question for us is, what would Haggai say to us today? What would he say right now? We, I, in the midst of it, sometimes you're not, you, you can't see the, the woods for the forest or however that, how, how does that go? You're, you're outdoors. You can't see the forest through the woods. I don't know. How's I'm not going? sure what we're going for here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I wanted to know. <laughs> could you please deliver? No, we're we're in the middle of this. We're this is we're we're in the middle. We don't even know what we're actually looking at right now. You know, and so I would agree. It's, it's hard to to say. You know what what he would say today. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this question, and th- there's. You know, to get into Bible nerdy stuff, there's pre and post Pentecost, right? Like there's the moment where the Holy Spirit came upon people and the fire went from above the temple to over everyone's head, right? Symbolizing like we are all the temple now. And, you know, when rather than saying like, hey, don't do that in the temple, when Paul pleads with believers in the New Testament, he says, don't you realize your body is a temple? And I, I think the message kind of remains the same without the literal, like, go up to the mountain and go get timber and come back down and build it. I think Haggai would say something to the point of, like, stop trying to just get comfortable in your paneled houses with new doors, you know. But instead, like, why don't you, like, work on your temple, like, your ability to connect with and have God dwell inside of you. And I think that would be, I think that would be the message today. Yeah, and, you know, like to look at ourselves honestly and see if we have any areas that are, are indifferent with God. I mean, I've had conversations with guys, and I can even say for myself, there's times I've lost my mind over some of the things that people say or do or the things that are going on in the world. Like, there's times I lose my mind, right? And when in those moments, am I indifferent with God in that moment? And then if I stay there too long, then I can start to get distant from God. And then I don't come back to God. That would be the, the fear, right? Like I stay in that area at least. I, I keep that area away from a biblical worldview. I'm looking at it through my own or through a political or whatever. And how do we come back or how do we even just begin to evaluate that in our lives? How do we look at ourselves? You think he's saying something like, um, like first things first? You know, it's like, uh, here, you know what? We came here. To do this work. That's what we came here for. We got to remember that. Yeah. It's kind of like we had talked about years ago with men's ministry. You're, you've been called to do men's ministry. Mm-hmm. When you go down the street and start doing A, B, and C, it's like, oh, wait a minute, I, I'm forgetting what my first call is. And right. then I wonder, well, wait a minute, how come, how, come the, how, how come the temple is not built? Well, because I've been, <laughs> I've been doing, you know, A, a B, or, or B, C, or D. And I think that that's where. Uh, I, I would say that's where he's going. Uh, and remember, first of all, what this is all about. And I think that we as Christians have to go, okay, hold on. What am I living for? Am I living for a 401k, a promotion, or, or whatever? Because yeah. all that is an injection. What, what is the first thing? That's the question. Yeah, and, and how are we truly being or living in the presence of God? You know, Jordy, you know, my kids are in your ministry, and, and I think you guys do a great job of, even through all of this time and doing everything digitally, trying to get the kids to always remember, you know, living for the Lord and and bringing him into their life, right? Living in the presence of God. 
Um, and, and I think that that would be one thing that Haggai would maybe be challenging us today would be, you know, are there any areas where you've simply walked away from God, where, where he's not present in that area of the temple, of your temple, where you, you're, you haven't let him in? You know, the conversations we might have about certain things that are happening in our world today, is it from a, a godly perspective or is it just your own perspective because you're frustrated or angry or whatever? Yeah, I think that's a good word. And sometimes we'll hit a season and be like, where is God in my life, you know? And, and, the, and the person just paused and said, maybe he's on the last step that you refuse to walk up, you know? Like maybe, maybe you were going up the stairs with the Lord and you just decided mm. to stop there. And now you're not having this like experience and you feel like God's not there. And of course he is. But where your experience stopped is where you stop moving, you know? And I think, I think we do that all the time. Like when we know God's going to want us to let something go, or we know God's going to want us to go deeper or to give more or to volunteer in something or to, you know, actually talk to someone about Christ like vulnerably, whether it's a friend or a kid or a spouse or whatever it is, you know, it's just like, ugh, you know, I'll just stay comfortable on yeah. this stair. I like this stair. And then we start, you know, putting carpet and we, we work on it, you know, or literally in their case, building paneled houses. But I think even today, so much of this can become um, imagery for what we do. Could you, and the illustration of paneled houses, I was just thinking while you're talking that, that it, it goes from, okay, here you have this temporary house where you have temporary housing. You're, you're doing this and you guys have stopped doing this and you're making it into permanent housing. You, you're, you're doing finished work. When the finished work is supposed to be over there, yeah, you're doing finished work because this is not where you're going to be living at. This is not your residence. I want to go back to what Jordy said. We, I used to uh, shows my age. There was this show called Columbo. And, uh, <laughs> I remember Columbo. And, and, and they used to. My say, dad watched it. Yeah, you have to go back to the scene of the crime. I would grow, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, you know, it's like things aren't going well. I'm like stuck on that stop. And where's a good way go to back? put it? Where did this all stop? And so let's go back to the scene of the crime, because that's where the clues are. Oh, wait a minute. I quit getting up in the morning. I have my quiet time. Yeah. Or in my case, it was, it was this time in my life when I went from studying the Bible to uh, relaxing in a, in a different thing. It was more like, it was like, okay, I'll just read my Bible here. Uh, maybe I'll read my email. And it was more of a relaxing moment rather than, and so I had to go back to, wait a minute, where did I lose touch with? Being intentional. Right. By the way, the modern day show of Columbo would be Psych. If you've never watched that show, it's a wonderful, amazing show, by the what, way. What? I love that show. It's called Psych. It's a good show on, on f solving the crime, just in a creative way. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, but, but this immense need to make Jesus number one in our lives. Like so many guys, like I, I, like I said, 90, probably 90% of the guys I've talked to are struggling to be in the presence of God right now. So, Let's, let's, go, let's go deeper with this. And like, how do we do that? In this time of isolation, we have political wars, we have race unrest, we have financial uncertainty. How do we live more connected to Jesus and giving more areas of our life to him right now? How do we stay focused and not get distracted by everything else? If, if I could rant for a second on that. Go. Kind of two thoughts. The first one gets us there and the second one's there. Um, verse seven, and just the, right when Haggai kind of opens his mouth and thought to your ways, 
go up to the mountain, grab the timber, go down, build the house. But then he says, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. And then he talks about like, hey, when you tried to do crops, I called for a drought. And basically what they're seeing is everything flowed out of this temple God experience. And because they stifled that, now God's explaining to them through Haggai how everything else in their life is stifled, their return on what they're doing. And so not only is it literally fleeting because earth is temporary, but it's not what it could be because they're not walking in the blessing of a relationship with God. And I, I, I mentioned that just for buy-in because I think sometimes we can get stuck in like doing other parts of our life well that we're more comfortable with. And I think of that like, you know, it might sound cheesy, but like when pastors say when you get married, like the best way to love your wife is to love God first. And, you know, a lot of people become eventually humbled, realizing when their marriage was an idol, it didn't work, you know? And so I say that just for buy-in, that like this does matter that we do this right. You know, if we put these things before God, we crash those things too, whether it's relationships or whatever. And for high school students, I see that all the time. Dating mm. is a big one. Like yeah. they're in a relationship and then God's trying to lead them out of it and they leave God on that step. And I've been there, but unfortunately I know many who ended up, they got married before they pulled off of that. And it, it's been hard to watch in a lot of ways. Yeah. And um, the second part I'll say is just like, when you go when you go to do this, like, how do I really connect with God truly? You know, we talked about the leaving God on a certain step. One of the words that we push a lot in our ministry is just surrender. Hmm. Like God's always looking for more space in your heart, you know, more territory in your life. And I, I, there's, there's practices, and I'm sure we'll get into that, and I'll have things to say, and we can go on and on. But I think, like, as a general rule— like we can we can practice time with the Lord in a way that we don't get to what we don't want to get to, right? But I think that open-handedness to surrender like any area of our life to God and hold it loosely, that's where we really start, really start going places. And I think that's really what we're resisting in the first place. Like I think a lot of us, we know the mm. practices. We could come up with cute little acronyms and <laughs> all of us could do it for each right. other. You know, every kid... Every kid in Sunday school knows, read your Bible, you know, but it's like, why don't we do that? Yeah. And I think we're resisting surrender. You know, the students, you start to see in this pandemic, like, who could, who was feeding themselves and who wasn't, you know? I, I tell students all the time in our youth ministry, it's terrifying for me to think I'm the only person pointing you to God. And I don't want to shame anyone. And I'd, I'd say, I always say, I'd love to get you started. I'd love to add to what you have going on. But like, you've got to learn to do this, you know, and there's a time in the Bible where that's what we mentioned with the milk first meat, right? Like Paul's writing and he, you know, he's telling these guys like, hey, like some of you guys, you just get tossed to and fro by whatever's going on. And you need, he uses the illustration of milk, like, right? Like you need fed like a baby, your faith, your relationship with God. You should by now be eating meat. Like you should be able to cut your own food, right? Or we could translate that to say, get into the word on your own or spend time with God on your own and surrender things to him and challenge yourself so that you're really going somewhere. And I think that the pandemic is really exposing who isn't doing that for themselves. And I think we're all feeling challenged. Like I'm feeling challenged, like, oh, you know, maybe I was leaning on 
coming to grace and feeling emotional during worship and someone else spending hours preparing a sermon. And that's great. And when that's back, I'm going to be there, you know. But I think, like, I, that, that should be adding to what's going on in my life. How would, how would you tell, like, one of your kids, one of the junior high kids? But we're also talking to men, so they're like junior high kids, right? The guys at the fire station for years are like, yeah, it's, what's it like being on the fire department? Well, it's like being in junior high school all day long. <laughs> so, so let's talk to some of the junior high school adult men. Where do you start? What do you tell a young person or a young Christian, a young believer? Where, to, where did it start? Yeah. And I, I tell students, hey, if you, can do, if you can spend time with the Lord every day, that's awesome. Like, let's get there. But at the same time, there's no indication that Jesus did that, right? Like, he pulled away frequently. We know yeah, that. So yeah. we know frequently is important. We saw seclusion. So we know that's important. And we know that it, 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 there's no record of, like, Jesus recited scripture, took a script with him when he went somewhere every time. Like, I think... I have tons of arguments for why I think we want to be in the Word for ourselves, but I don't think it needs to be like that every time. I, I say do something and do a little bit of everything. You know, go and just pray. Go and just listen to worship. If you play guitar, like play a worship song and sing, you know, if get into the Word, but do something and start somewhere. Even if it's once a week or three times a week, it's, I think it needs, I think a rhythm is just strategic, you know? Like you, you mentioned earlier, you know, if you lose a rhythm, your life can start to fall apart and, yeah. you know, you start to lose your habits in the process. So I think some kind of rhythm and habit is really helpful. You know, I was golfing yesterday and one of the guys that we were golfing, his name's David and he's from Kenya. And he was, he was talking about when he was growing up in Kenya, how like they had to learn how to grow their own food, meaning they're like the animal, like they also had to learn how to slaughter the animals and then you know, cut it just the right way so it could be prepared right and trim all the fat and all that other stuff off. Now, it sounds gross, right? But, like, that's, I, that's the visual I get from Paul when he's talking about going from spiritual milk to spiritual meat. You know, like, being able to do it on your own. Like, how do you, so, Meekins, how do you do that on your own? What do you do? Well, there's a couple of things. When I, when I first uh, became a believer, I, I, I just got set free from drugs and alcohol. And I, I, I truly believe the beginning begins with God. I, I mean, you just have to acknowledge that God's there. And, and, uh, and so I, I think it's just acknowledging that God's God and I'm not. But, um, uh, and so it's asking God to help me not drink today. And, and when I did that, you're, you're saying that I, I can't do this and I need God. And I think that's all really God's looking for. Yeah. Kind of like Jordy said, it's, it's, not, it's not really complicated. I'll tell guys, you know, years ago I would say, uh, just get a devotional. Here's a devotional. Let me give you this devotional. Read it while you're taking your morning dump. Okay? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just it's something. You're, you're going to be there for three minutes, okay? Right. Well, for me, it's, it's you know. That's well, don't another. keep going. Okay. Just go. Okay. <laughs> but, but the truth is, you're sitting there, have it, read it, man. And, and, and start there. Because I know I'm going to take a dump every day, okay? <laughs> so I'm, I'm and, and I know that that sounds wrong. But we're talking basic, how do I even get started? And so uh, that's one. But the other is, I, I, when I first, uh, I was... I, Years ago, I used to run every single morning, and I'd run six miles every single morning, and I'd have a list of prayers 
Uh, people that I was praying Wasn't for. it four miles last time you told that story? <laughs> Both ways. <laughs> that was like 12, 12 miles 12 every miles. day. 12 miles. <laughs> Uphill. Both ways. But anyway, I used to run every single morning, and halfway out, I would be praying. I'd be asking God questions. And he would, I, I really believed that God would speak to me. And I would memorize scripture. I'd, I'd do one a verse a day. Or, you know, and, and I would just, I would hear from the Lord on the way back. I'd memorize the scripture out and then contemplate it on the way back. And, and I, I mean, it was like an amazing time in my life. I use a thing now called This Morning with God. Yeah. And it's a really simple question. I'm going through the book of John now. And just hmm. good. It takes me 15 minutes. But it's a good read. It's a good question. And I'm seeing things that I'm just like, how good is God to me in the midst of this crisis? How many years ago was it that you started doing the walking thing or running thing, but now it's walking? Well, um, it's, I went back to walking about, about two or three years ago after reading uh, the, the, circle ma- the Circle Maker yeah, the prayer, yeah. and doing prayer circle. But how long ago did you start running and praying? Oh, that was like 35 years ago. That's amazing. 35 years ago. So. That's awesome. I was... The, 35 years ago, about 40 pounds ago. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but as I do that, when I'm, I have to be moving. Yeah, I'm the same way. To, to really concentrate. And so when I do memorization, I'll ride the, the, the Schwinn Airdyne or something like that. But I have to be, my brain's got to have blood going through it to memorize. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, your example, it's unique to you. Like, Scott, if, if, if our goal is to, you know, turn out like you in life, what, yeah, right. what, what are things you do to stay connected to Jesus? <laughs> um, I started doing this a couple years ago, probably, man, probably like seven years ago now. Twice a month, I take a half a day and I just go get away. And now I've been doing hike, the hiking thing twice a month since the art museum. And that has been so good for me because I just take my Bible water bottle and usually, you know, my phone. And I, I hear from God so clearly when I when I do those half days, do you have like away. a go to verse that you no. start with, or just nope. Sometimes sometimes it's you know maybe something I heard earlier in the week. Sometimes I'll go and I'll be like, Lord, I really don't know. And then while I'm there, I'll hear you know like, Hey, turn here, and I'll open up to that. I've never done the open and point thing though. I've never done that. That that's <laughs> I've never done that. But but yeah, I mean it's those moments. Are, God just meets me when I when I set that time aside. And I'm intentional about it, and I stay to it. And and there have been times, of course, that I haven't done it. And those th- those months that I don't do it, I, I feel rushed. I feel like something's just not firing. Like in an engine, you know, like at the spark plug. I learned about that. Justin, my buddy Justin, taught me about that when he was working on my lawnmower. And like the spark plug's just not working for some reason. And I, I just don't feel the same that month when I miss it. How do you do it? There's a phrase that I love to drive home. This will sound like a cop-out, but I, th- this hit me hard a couple of years ago. I said this in a conversation, and I say it all the time now, but I think that life is a lot more spiritual than people think, hmm. and I think that um, Christianity is a lot more practical than people think. And there's things that I do, like, I've really been trying to just, like, as I live my life, to, like, really think of, like, every aspect of that as, like, my walk with Christ and an act of worship, you know, and that's a whole nother thing. I could go f- too far down that rabbit hole, but I think big things for me are, I preach a sermon like every week. So I'm in the word studying a lot. And so I found that like when I spend a lot of time in scripture, I start writing my next sermon. And so this sounds backwards, but there's over the last couple of years, I've actually, a lot of times I'll have to set down my Bible when I'm spending time with the Lord and just pray, you yeah. know, or I'll have to run into one idea 
and be like, you're not preaching about this. You know, this is for you and, and just pray about it. But mm. I, I think be, being quiet is really big for me. Sure. Um, walking, riding my bike alone, um, driving. I really, I like really like to reflect on like, how have I been recently? Like how have I treated people and how does that hold up against scripture? And th- those are things that I do pretty regularly, you know, just to really kind process keep short, those things. Short accounts. Yeah, keep short accounts. I used to like, it used to be a lot more cooler. I used to have this like mountain that I drove up on my Jeep. It sounds like so ridiculous. <laughs> that is and, cool, like, by the way. I used to, you, you know. live but, in Cleveland. There's not like a I know. Lot of when I lived in Virginia, though, there was a mountain that I would drive up and I'd park at the top. You could drive all the way to the peak and I would just watch traffic because it looked so slow. And I'd reflect on like, the last couple months and how I've been treating people and how I'm feeling. And then I'd put reminders in my calendar because what happened is I would go up three months later and realize I haven't changed. So then I started loading my calendar <laughs> to this day. Almost every day I get reminders from that, like two years that I did that. That's amazing. Like, you know, about like being nicer to people or more patient or whatever it is, like all throughout my calendar. And I've just kept them on my Google account. They're still there. I'll probably That's get one. That's in awesome. A minute. But the, um, I, I would say that like, there's a guy that I listened to that um, spoke to our middle school students. He calls it soaking. I, I go into a space and he's like, sometimes I can't like actually get as much time alone as I need. So he's like, I'll put on my headphones and cook my kids breakfast. And they know they better have a good question if they're going to talk to me. <laughs> Everyone knows it. because he's in his soaking time and he's praying, he's processing, he's spending time with the Lord and everyone knows it. And he's so busy that he's doing it in front of people and no one can touch him unless they have something like they're on fire, you know? And I think that's great. But fortunately, I can find space to do that just truly on my own right yeah. now. And that's big for me. This is great. Um, you know, the Haggai Challenge, that's really what we're talking about today. How do we reset and live more like God? Uh, be in fellowship with Him. Just being in His presence so often so that we can make Jesus number one in our lives while living as if Jesus really does matter. Um, ask God today. Guys, thanks for joining us, uh, and we'll see you next month in the month of August. Peace. See ya. <laughs>